thank you. And, uh, yeah, my heart is with this church, and uh, I know that I haven't been around much, but I actually I lived with Pastor Carlos my senior year in high school. He took me in, and uh, um, just I grew up just uh, feeling rejected, alone. I grew up in church. I knew who the Lord was, but uh, just that he didn't, you know, really love me, you know, like like he does. I didn't think that he did. And so I believed the lie for a long time. Um, which led me into really early on uh, smoking weed. It started out and then uh, started drinking. I got introduced to cocaine when I was 16, and uh, it just took off. Um, by the time I was 18, I was drinking pretty much every day that I could. I was, uh, I was all right at sports. I had some stuff lined up to um, go on after high school, and I ruined everything. Um, I didn't even end up graduating high school. I uh, was stuck. I stole a couple of guns. I was getting ready to go to prison. But God, um, this lady that I didn't even know, I didn't even have money for a lawyer, volunteered for my case. And um, I ended up only getting a misdemeanor. And I joined the Army right away, so saved. And um, I thought that the Army could save me, though. You know, I didn't really acknowledge what saved me. I, I tipped it off to the Army and not the Lord. And um, going off, right, right in that time, I knew that the Lord was chasing me. I knew that he was after me. He kept putting people like Pastor Carlos into my life, um, people that really cared about me, um, that tried to keep leading me back to the Lord. I actually I had an encounter with God right here. When an evangelist came in from out of town, I think I was 18 years old, right around the time of the guns and everything. And But I just really, it, I, my heart was touched, but I just really couldn't believe it over the lies, the years of believing the lies. And uh, just, I just, I, I knew only one thing, and that was run and, uh, you know, um, escape. And so I ended up running back into the arms of the world back into the drug scene, and then it took off even further, drinking every day. I mean, uh, terribly waking up and drinking. And um, I went to Afghanistan, and uh, it was a really rough deployment. Um, and the girl that I thought was the girl of my dreams, she left me. And uh, it was, I wanted to die. Like, I just, I, I didn't want to live anymore. And at that point, being over there, no longer wanting to be, I didn't want to wake, all I wanted to do was go to sleep, that's all I wanted to do, so I looked forward to doing was going to sleep, um, little did I know, you know, the Lord had something in, still in store for me, I'm 24, now it's like, man, I've already wasted my chance, and so I get back home, and I got a second DUI, which I thought was the end of my life, I, they found cocaine in my car, um, I was looking at going to prison again, and this is in Finley, Ohio, little school town. My dad knew people that got busted for cocaine. They went to jail for a minimum three years. <clears throat> I go into the courtroom, and once again, dropped to a misdemeanor, let go, freed, but they gave me an alcohol tether on my ankle, and so I couldn't drink. And for the first time, I had to deal with my problems sober in a long time. Well, I started reaching out to people, surely, but my dad forced me to come to church with him because I couldn't hang out on Saturday night. So that Sunday morning, I went to church on January 11th, 2015. And uh, I stayed that night. I wasn't going to stay, but I ended up staying. Something, 
something compelled me to stay, and I went to a prayer service that night, and um, I hurt my back bad overseas, and so I had a Percocet prescription, and so I was still taking those quite a bit, and um, well, that night during the prayer meeting, a war was going on, and I, I really wanted to confess, but, you know, I couldn't. And the Lord really broke through that night, January 11, 2015. I'll never forget that date because I walked up to the altar, not out of my strength. I ripped up my prescription script. I threw it on the ground. I confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Not, not the army, not a girl, not a drug, but Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I quit my job. I moved in with my dad that weekend. And, uh, but I knew that I had to do something serious. I had talked to Pastor Carlos at this time. I reached back out. I knew that I needed time, that it wasn't just some experience, some encounter, but consistency of being obedient and saying, yes, I knew I needed time for this. And so I knew of teen challenge because my dad was in and out of them, you know, four or five times. And so I just, I knew that I had to go, but I didn't want to go. And, of course, me, I was going to run again. My dad sits me down. Little did I know what he was about to tell me. And he didn't know about this teen challenge thing going on inside my head. When I sat down, my phone fell out of my hand and broke. And I had a friend who I was going to call if anything went bad during this discussion, and I was going to run to Arizona. And my phone broke. Like, just how does that even happen? And so God, again, you know, just his mercy, his grace, you know, keeping me. And uh, my dad said, you're either having life challenge here or you're going to life challenge. And so I knew, and I'm so grateful that he didn't enable me there at the house. I'm so grateful. I knew that I had to go. And so March 19th, 2015, I stepped into teen challenge where I spent my year there. And just getting away finally for the first time. You know, really getting to know the Lord, but how much he loves me and who he really created me to be. I had an encounter with God and just not some ordinary encounter. Somebody called me Casey Masterpiece, like the barbecue sauce. And I just thought it was really funny because I'm I'm grilling and it was it was catchy. But I really started to think about that. And that morning we were at a car wash and I was in the basement and I'm by myself and I was like, could I really be your masterpiece? Could I really be your masterpiece? There's no way that I can be your masterpiece. I'm filthy. I'm disgusting. Something was going on. I totally forgot about asking that question. And the next night, they play a video by skitguys.com on how we're God's masterpiece. I mean, just wrecked me. I couldn't stop crying. And so just understanding this, and then I got led to Psalms 139 on how I'm God's workmanship. And then someone sent me to Ephesians 2.10 on how I was created in Christ Jesus to do good works, predestined. And it's wrecking me. And I needed this time away. And so Life Challenge has offered me a, an opportunity away. But here I think I'm going to waste time, that I'm, that I'm wasting my time going away. And, but God only gave me all this time back. And now I get to share my story and what he's done for me in my life. Well, something that the enemy tried to steal from me at a young age was writing. I wrote poetry. And... Um, I used to write these corny little love poems, and I was such a hopeless romantic and uh, at a young age. And um, 
my friends found my notebook in like sixth grade and I got dogged out. <laughs> it was so bad. And so uh, I, needless to say, I stopped writing and I, I turned into writing really, really bad rap songs and, you know, just for the world and just awful. And there was no success out of it ever. There was no, it didn't matter how good I could write. There was just no success. The Lord just would not bless anything that I did against him. And, you know, I got caught doing everything all the time and his hand has always been on me. And I'm so grateful for that. Well, I met a friend at Life Challenge who, um, who wrote as well for the world. Well, we wrote together for the first time for the Lord and what he's done in our life. And, um, his name's Andrew, and uh, he can't be here today. He's a, he's a guy that got stabbed eight times, throat slit, like lost 40% of his blood, um, was a drug dealer, and went to Life Challenge. He got saved, but he had some medical problems. He had a clot in his lung, and he went back to the hospital and um, opened up a door to pain pills, and he was supposed to be here with me today. He actually he ended up relapsing. Um, and going back out there. So please pray for Andrew if you think of him. But he wrote this with me, and uh, he's still with me, um, you know, and I'm still praying for him and believing for him to do this with me again. But I'm going to do my part and uh, transition. So this is this is just what I wrote. Um, it's called Broken, and uh, there's two sides of broken. You can either be broken, you know, broken in the world, broken and lonely, or broken before the Lord and on your way to holy. And so um, this is it. <clears throat> broken, both sides broken. One side an advocate, one side unspoken. Broken, both sides broken. One side lonely, one arms wide open. Emotion as deep as the ocean, tossed and turned by the storms of life in every direction that they're flowing. Problem child, feeling like a life wasted. Nobody's ever going to be able to change this. All this lust, all this pride, denying all the emotion that I'm feeling on the inside. A black hole, a wasteland of tragedy, a sad excuse of a life stuck in the rut of my depravity. Twisted, inflicted, and crippled inside, believing the lies that real men don't cry. Don't show your pain, be a man, you sissy. But I'm steady screaming on the inside, can anybody fix me? How can I fix you when your eyes are fixed on you? Fix your eyes up to the hills where your help comes through. But rejection is all I know. So back to the door of rejection I go where there's another drink, another girl, another line, and then I snort it. Stuck in a life where being a real man's been distorted. Selfish people trying to help themselves without Jesus. A helpless people. I put God on the shelf and resorted to evil. Starving for attention, my approval was feeble. Rejection was moving 30 different times and not learning a lesson. Rejection was... Switching high schools four times, but my spirit man was anorexic, driven by flesh. My heart got ripped out of my chest, kicked to the curb, stomped like steps. I was ready to give up on life. I couldn't go another rep. Broken and rejected was the legacy I left. But God, sin had me stuck in a room of depression. Five people told me to call that night. No one answered to hear my confession. But the one that I didn't cry to, he answered me, and I heard it in the room when he stepped in. Why are you calling all these people for help when I've been here the whole time? I want you. I've called you. Come to me now. You're mine. And for the first time, I believe you. Was hopeless but birthed with a new focus. Your focus determines your reality. And looking at myself all these years, I've been collapsed by the gravity. 
Far too much need, Lord, I'm in need of your majesty. I can't go another day, another hour, not a second. Grant me faith today and grace to remain in repentance until the day that never ends and I'm standing in your presence. Benevolence, your love was never wasted. You reuse all the wasted I've created and turn it for my good. You're always faithful when I'm faithless, always real when I've been faking. I'm inadequate, been a hypocrite, and without you, just a pile of sin with an empty script. Forward to truth, now I'm legit, but with you, no longer counterfeit. The enemy's plan was to destroy me, but you countered it. And my sin, you already counted it. Through the lashes on your back and the three nails that through your skin they ripped. The Caesarean covenant, you walked through the blood so I could be forever covered in it. I love it. From a broken hole, vast and broken hole, to that's the past. Broken but being made whole. Amen. So, thank you. Amen. Amen. So good. Isn't God good? He's a God who redeems and restores lives. He's a God of resurrection. Listen, today, as, as, as Casey shared today, man, that was so powerful and so encouraging to me. Amen. To see just the life of, of Casey and the journey that God has taken with Casey and how God was there all this time. You hear how Casey said, I try to make I try to keep sin hidden, but the, I was found out every time. That's the goodness of God. That's the goodness of God. And I can't help but think that God wants you to respond today to that testimony. So we're going to just end right here. Sure, I had other things planned, but we're going to stop right here. I believe that God wants you to respond to him right now. So would you stand with me uh, at this time? I know I haven't, uh, we haven't done the offering yet, and uh, we'll, we'll do that right after, but at this point, I just, I want us to take the time to respond to the message that we just heard, the testimony that we just heard. It's important that we respond right to the Word of God. Are you with me? It's important that we respond rightly to the presence of God. And responding rightly to the presence of God is, number one, taking ownership of our sins, grieving for our sins. Secondly, it's walking out repentance. I know that repentance is not just a feeling, but there is something that I have to do to change my life. Casey went to Teen Challenge. It's a life challenge. He said, I needed to take action steps to destroy the things of the world and build new habits in my life. So first is responding to the word is grieving for our sins. Secondly is repenting, which is a lifestyle. It's some practices. Third is renewing our covenant with God. It's standing before the congregation, making a public confession. I belong to God. There are things in my life that don't line up to God, and I just want to give it to Him. And that's why we have altar calls, right? Because it's important for all of us to be able to respond to God. And every time I hear a message that convicts me, let me tell you, I'm still walking out repentance. God's still dealing with me, and I'm renewing my covenant with God. And then last, when we, we grieve, we repent, we renew, and then last, we celebrate. We celebrate that he's good. We celebrate that. I celebrate the goodness of God over Casey. And I celebrate that he's not who he was yesterday. But God has made all things new. I celebrate that the enemy took, but God gave, right? 
right? What the enemy tried to take, you know, God, God has now taken his life, and now we hear the testimony of someone redeemed. And we thank God for Andrew and that too much word in him for him to stay where he's at. Amen. But today, I want to call you to respond to the word of God. Would you grieve over your sin? Would you repent of it? Would you renew your covenant before the Lord? And then would you celebrate the goodness of God? Would you celebrate that he's good? That God sent this morning, Casey, here, so that you could hear the testimony of a God who redeems and sets free. Celebrate today. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, right now I want to take ownership of my sin. There's sin in my life. And I don't want to rationalize it, justify it. Or, and I don't want to keep running away. Like Brother Casey shared, I don't want to keep running away. I want to admit it, that it's a problem. Would you raise your hand right where you're at? That's you. Raise your hand right where you're at. Yes, God. Look at your people. They're acknowledging their grief. They're acknowledging their grief before you. They say, God, I lift it up to you. They take ownership, God. They say, I'm not going to make justification. I'm not going to deny. I'm not going to rationalize the fact that there's a sin in me that needs to get dealt with. And today, God, we raise our hands before you and we say, God, we grieve over our sins today. We grieve. Are you here today? You're saying you're not only grieving, but you're saying, I want to I wanna repent. I'm giving the Holy Spirit permission to teach me how to repent. Just like Casey, he had to... Be, be led by the Spirit to life challenge. I'm giving the Holy Spirit permission to lead me how to walk out repentance in my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand right where you're at? You're saying, Holy Spirit, lead me, teach me to walk out repentance, not just to talk about repentance. Would you raise your hand right where you're at? Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. We're asking, Father, that you would teach us how to walk out repentance. Lord, teach us, Lord. Tell us the things that we need to get rid of. Some things we'll be able to get rid of right away, and some things we're going to have to starve out a little at a time. And Lord, as we walk out repentance, thank you for giving us the patience, the perseverance to endure, because it's worth it. Hallelujah. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Hallelujah. Now you're saying, I want to renew my covenant with God today. I want to make a commitment today to follow Jesus. Not only grieve my sins, repent of my sins, but I, make, I want to make a public confession before the Lord and renew my covenant before God. Re- renew my covenant of following after God. I'm just encouraged by the testimony I heard to do that this morning. If that's you, would you come up to the altar right now? Right now. Pastor, I'm not only grieving over my sin. I not only want the Holy Spirit to teach me how to walk out repentance, but today in front of everyone, I want to renew the covenant that I made with God. Josiah did that. The King Josiah in the Bible, he did that. When he realized the shortcomings and the shortcoming of the nation, he stood before the people and he renewed his covenant. That's why we have an altar. My friend Keith would say, you know when you're backslidden, Carlos? You know you're backslidden when you stop responding to the altar. Wow, that's true. That's true. What does that mean? We're backslidden whenever we're not sensitive to the presence of the Holy Spirit calling us to deal with things in our lives. And I want you to know something. 
there are things I got to deal with. I want you to know something. I want you to hear from me. There are things you got to deal with. <laughs> are you with me? But praise God as we respond to him. We say, God, we renew our covenant and we align ourselves to the word. If that's you, would you come up to the altar right now? Would you come up to the altar? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If the altar workers would join me right now, let's pray. Let's pray. If the altar workers, those who are, would pray, and Ben and Monica, would you also come up and help me pray? And Casey and Kimber, missionary to India, who's here with us. We are welcoming her to come up to the altar and pray as well. Hallelujah. Delena, Delena, if you would come up. We're just going to be praying as we renew our covenant before God. We're going to pray. You know what? Right after what we're going to do, if you will have the patience, I want to take the time to celebrate a little more, okay? Let's just pray, and then we're going to walk this through and celebrate.
Yes. Oh, how lovely. Yes, God, yes. It's your Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't He good? Isn't He good? Would you for a minute stand with me one more time and let's just celebrate. Let's just celebrate. Let's celebrate. Would you clap your hands? Say thank you, God. We celebrate you, Jesus. We celebrate you, Jesus. We celebrate. We celebrate you, God. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate the freedom that we have in you, Father. We celebrate you. Hallelujah. We celebrate freedom and independence from sin. (laughs) Freedom in the name of Jesus. We celebrate it today. We celebrate it today. Oh, we celebrate freedom from fear. We celebrate freedom from rejection. We celebrate freedom from self-hatred. We celebrate freedom from the the enemy's guilt and shame. We celebrate today. We celebrate today. And we make a commitment to live our lives celebrating your goodness. We live our lives celebrating your goodness. Lord, today, as we close this service, I want to say thank you for what you've done in Casey's life. Thank you, Lord God. We get to celebrate your goodness in Casey's life. And as I look around this room, Father God, I see people, God, worth, worth uh, you celebrating because of the work of you done in their life. I look at the Dean family, Justin and Noel, and your grace and your mercy poured out in their life and the way that they've grown in you. And I say, God, you're worthy of celebration. You're worthy of celebration. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I think of Dan and Tina Martinez, God, and their family and how they've come to know you and renew their passion for you. And you're worth celebrating, God. We thank you for them. Hallelujah. Yes, God. I thank you for Benita and Olivia, God, and the sensitivity they have to you and all that you've set them free from, all that you've done in their life. We thank you, Jesus, for them. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for them, Lord God. We thank you, God, for the call of God and all of the miraculous things, the testimonies that you're doing here at The Rock through the life of your people. We thank you. And today we make a commitment to you to celebrate your goodness. So from here on out, God, we make that covenant before you. You're going to be hearing a lot of testimonies from here on out because I've been convicted this morning that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So you're going to hear the testimony of the saints of God. Because that, that's where the victory lies. And so, praise God. We're going to have our ushers back there with the offering basket. If you would prepare your offering and honor God with that, uh, we, we welcome you to do so right now. Praise God. Bless you. God bless you. Have a, good, have a good Sunday. Celebrate the freedom that you have in Jesus. It's 4th of July weekend. And we'll continue to pray here at the altar. Amen. Bless you if you need prayer.